Amen. Give God some praise. He's got some praise. He's got some praise. He's got some praise. He's worth it. He's worth it. Amen. 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 Hey, stay standing. Stay standing for me across all of our campuses. If you're able, stay standing. Hey, before we get into God's word, I, I, I just want us to just get uncomfortable for just a second. And as we're on our feet, I want us to have some expectation for what God wants to do today. I don't know about you, I didn't, I didn't come to church today to check off a box. I came to church today to leave different. I came to church today to be a part of a revival, amen? Is that why you came to church today? So as we're standing at all of our campuses in expectation, let's pray and ask God that we would be different, that we would be transformed by the renewing of our mind by his word. God, we come before you today, and you promise that your word is not returned void. God, you, you tell us in heaven right now that heavenly beings called the seraphim are flying around you, and they say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And you say with every revolution, they get a revelation of your glory and your power and your majesty, and they actually cover their eyes as they say again, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. I pray that today, God, we wouldn't be used to who you are. I pray today that the momentum and the amazement of your sacrifice of your son Jesus wouldn't be lost on faith promise. It wouldn't be lost here on us, but it would gain momentum and it would cause a revival in our life that we would take out into everywhere that we go. God, we love you. Now, we're expecting today that we leave different. We're expecting today for chains to fall off. We're expecting today to walk in our purpose in a way that we never have before. I pray that, Father, if you would meet us at the level of our anticipation and expectation, that we would see miracles. God, we love you. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen, amen. You guys give God one more shout of praise, and you can have a seat. You guys can have a seat. We are so glad you're here this week and excited about what God's doing in this series called Fresh Wind. As we're looking at the ship of our lives and seeing where the wind of the Holy Spirit is guiding it. Speaking of ships, a couple months ago, uh, there was a ship uh, called the Ever Given. Uh, it's a part of a fleet called the Evergreen, but this ship is called the Ever Given. It's one of the largest uh, shipping containers, one of the largest container ships in the world. It, it actually set out on its normal voyage from Malaysia to the Netherlands, right? Uh, and it had 18,000 containers on it. Those, those big 18-wheeler-sized containers, it had 18,000 on there filled with lemons and bamboo shoots and swimwear and camping equipment and grills and all the things uh, that we feel like we need, right? And about halfway, this modern ark filled with all that stuff was making its routine pass through something called the Suez Canal right there near Egypt when catastrophe struck. This thing gets stuck from high, high speed winds from a sandstorm actually forced the ever given aground. And it was stuck blocking the canal for six days. Now instantly, $9.6 billion worth of trade stopped, affecting people all over the world. Now you know when the economy is involved, when money is involved, people start, people start getting a move on, Right? So ideas, plans, there was a mad scramble to get this thing going. From heavy lifting helicopters to, to floating cranes to excavators, tugboats, they were using everything, but nothing worked. Does this sound familiar? Does this feel familiar? Do you feel stuck in any part of your life, emotionally, spiritually, relationally, physically? 
Are you already overloaded this school year? Have your plans gone sideways and now you're just not sure what to do in many or one area? I mean, we're at Faith Promise this weekend. Let's get raw and real. Whether you're at home, at a campus, let's get raw and real. Is the stuff that you filled your heart and life with helping you move forward or is it holding you back? As we've been talking about the ship of our life, uh, there's something in a ship that's called the hold. It's where the cargo is held. You really got to enunciate that word, ship, ship, okay? Um, I, I Sometimes I mumble. I want to make sure I'm saying ship, okay? Uh, but there's a part of a ship called the hold. And what I want to ask you this weekend is what's in your hold holding you back? is what you're holding on to in your life. Is it holding you back? Holding you back from experiencing the fresh wind of revival. Holding you back from God's favor, from his freedom, from the abundant life that Jesus came to give us, from holding you back from his promises. And I've got good news this weekend, good news from God, that it is his will for your life to be fulfilled and to be full. Now listen, there's some parts about God's will that we don't know right away. We don't know how long we have on this earth. There's a lot of stuff we don't know. But hey, in God's word, you can find out some very clear things about his will. And it is God's will for you to walk with peace. It is God's will for you to walk with love. It is God's will for you to walk in healing, physically and relationally, emotionally. It's God's will for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit, for you to live in and to continuate revival in the lives of the people around us. But the question this weekend, is there room for him to load you up? Or are you already full? This weekend, we're going to be challenged, okay? You're going to need your neighbor's involvement. So go ahead and elbow your neighbor and say, hey, are you full? Are you already full? Go, go to the second neighbor you didn't like as much and ask them, hey, are you full of it? No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But hey, listen, you can't be filled if you're already full. Let's be willing to make a move this weekend. As God challenges us, let's be willing to be bold and obedient and move in what God has called us to do. We want to welcome all of our campuses. We want to welcome you at home. And, hey, my challenge for us this weekend is that we don't stay stuck or stay sideways, but we manage the manifest of our lives and we move towards who God's called us to be. Let's take a second and pray. Again, hey, there's a lot of stuff going on in our world, from Afghanistan to uh, political fights to a, a, a hurricane coming. There's just so much stuff going on. Can we just stop and ask God to move? And not just ask God to move, but ask God to move through us. God, we come before you this weekend, and we just pray that you would, you would be what only you can be. God, you're where we find peace in tumultuous times. And we just ask, not only God, would, Holy Spirit, would you be of peace in the ways that only you can, but would you send us to be the peace in the ways that only we can? God, would you mobilize your people? God, we trust you, and we're expecting to be used by you. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, hey, while the evergreen, that or the ever given, that boat, that it was carrying up to $775 million. That's a lot of that's a lot of cargo. It's a lot of value. It was carrying $775 million. But can I tell you this? If you're a believer, you're carrying something so much more valuable. You have so much more value than that boat. And you may think, Zach, there's no way, man. $775 million. Let's just do a little exercise. If, if I offered you a million dollars, who in this room would take it? If I offered you all of our campuses, if I offered you a million dollars, raise your hand. If I offered you a million dollars, would you take it? 
Hands all over the place. All right, you can put them down. Let me add a slight stipulation to it. How about I would give you that million dollars, but you wouldn't wake up tomorrow. So you got it for today, right? A lot less hands. You know what I'm saying? Hey, because you know intrinsically that you are worth more than dirty green paper. You know inside that you have a call and you have a value, you have a purpose that's worth more than that. And can I tell you this too? Not only are you worth more than that boat, but can I tell you this? It's a bigger deal if you get stuck than that boat gets stuck. But you know what? Whenever that boat got stuck, man, the world stopped. It went into a scramble. What about believers whenever our calling gets stuck? When our purpose that we're supposed to be going towards, what do we do when it gets stuck? What about the people around you, the people in your group, or husbands or wives, your spouse? What about whenever who God's called them to be gets stuck sideways by a lie or, or by a situation? Do we stop everything to get that thing going? I pray that we will. I want you to check out when it comes to calling, what a, uh, a, a well-known follower of Christ, the Apostle Paul, what he writes in Ephesians 4. We're going to be in Ephesians 4, uh, this whole message. And I hope that this encourages you how much you can get out of one passage of Scripture if you'll just camp out in there. So we're going to be in Ephesians 4. And in verse 1, Paul says this, I urge you, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. If I could do anything this weekend, can I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you've received? He, he really pushes this thing home in, in a few verses later in verse 4. He says there is one body, that's the church, and one spirit, that's the Holy Spirit we've been talking about for weeks. Just as you were called to one hope, that's the gospel, when you were called. You have a calling. And you may say, Zach, what's the, what, what's, the, what's the calling? What are you talking about? First, it's that calling from death to life. That calling from belief in Jesus to be a new creation, to be a son or a daughter. That's what you are first and foremost before you're a husband or a wife, before you're a professional, before you're a, a fan of any sort of team. You are a son or a daughter, a new creation made in God. You have a calling to be who God's called you to be, a son or a daughter. But also, we have that one hope. After we've given our life to Christ, after we've become that new creation, we're called that one hope that other people would know who they're called to be. That one hope to win the world. That one hope to see revival. That one hope to see real people with real problems find God's real love. This is huge. Now, now just God, God really gave me a, a revelation I want to share with you. In the morning, I wake up pretty early and I, I go to the gym and I come home and have my quiet time before my family wakes up. And then after I'm done my quiet time, I run my sermons because I, I'm, I am desperate not to get up here and just to sound good. I don't want to get up here and perform for you. I want to get up here and have the Holy Spirit use something to move you towards where God's calling you to go. So I run my sermon. I run my sermon. My family hears it like 20 times before the weekend. And so sometimes I get a little excited. I'll wake this guy up. I'll wake, I'll wake my son up river. And uh, let me tell you this, once he gets up, it is no longer quiet time, all right? My man, my man is ready, he's ready to roll. And so he was sitting in my lap while I was running my sermon. And then I, in my notes was that picture of the ever given turned sideways. And he said, Daddy, is that boat as big as your truck? And I was like, buddy, buddy. And I drive a Toyota Tundra, so in his mind, that's humongous. And I was like, buddy. And I was zooming in on those shipping containers, and I was like, buddy, every single, every single one of those containers is like 
five or six of daddy's truck. It's so much bigger. And there's 18,000 of those containers on a massive boat. Come back to me on the camera. And, and I, I look at him. I thought I was doing a good job explaining it. I look at him. He's just like, he goes, are we having bacon this morning? <laughs> and I'm like, what kind of stupid question is that? Of course we're having bacon this morning. No, but I, I, we, we got them ready and all that kind of stuff. I was running my sermon again, and God stopped me. He stopped me, and he said, Zach, just let me tell you something. Whenever I try to explain to you the magnitude of your calling, you look at me like River looked at you. He said, whenever I talk to faith promisers, when I say you're called to share the gospel, when I say you're called to walk in freedom, they, they blink at me, and they change the subject. Would you do me a favor this weekend? Would you rise above the, maybe the lies you've believed about yourself? Not what the world says about you, but the word says about you. And believe you have an eternity shifting calling. I know a calling feels overwhelming. I know it feels heavy, maybe even confusing. It feels that way for me too. But God uses Paul in Ephesians 4 and throughout his word to set a clear course for our calling. But let me tell you this. You can usually tell a ship's next port the next place it's going if you examine the cargo. So this weekend, we're going to examine the cargo. But before we examine the cargo of our life, we, as faith promise, have to decide and to declare to have ports with purpose. Does our direction, do the ports where our life is headed, do they have purpose? Do the things we care most about? Because you have a purpose. You have a calling. But what matters most to you? When people see you, does it matter most that you look handsome? When you're, for real, let's just get real. When you're at the gym, if you're not, you shouldn't be there. If you're at the gym, what matters most when people look at you? That you look good? What matters most when you're at work? That you have the answers, that you're more important, or that people know that you love them? That people know that you're a believer? What matters most to us? Do we want to go through life drifting from port to port without purpose? Paul actually, in Ephesians 4, describes what that looks like in verses 14. He says, then we will no longer be infants. This is what it looks like, right, to, to go port to port without purpose. Infants tossed back and forth by waves and blown here and there by every teaching and by cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. I don't know if you ever feel like this, but I know that our world lives this way. I know it. Don't we just get riled up over one post? Right, over one thing somebody says, what runs your life, the comments or your calling? You know what I'm saying? You know what bothers me? So, and I'm not telling you not to, I'm broken hearted over what's going on in Afghanistan. I'm broken hearted over Haiti. But you know what breaks my heart about this whole vaccine and not vaccine business? It's another division. I was sitting in a meeting and somebody said, I don't really want to be around those people who aren't vaccinated. And that's when it hit me. Bam. You know what we don't need is another of those people. You know what we don't need is another reason to sit down by somebody and wonder if we like them or not. We don't need to sit down and wonder, I wonder if they're pro-mask. I wonder if they're vaccinated. I wonder how they voted. We should sit down and say, I wonder if they know Jesus. I wonder if they need prayer. I wonder how I could serve them. I wonder where they're at. That's what we need. I'm not telling you not to care. I'm just telling you to care most about what matters most. So let me ask you again. Is what's in your hold holding you back? Is what's in your hold holding you back? Are there winds and ports that you need to let go of? Listen, we need to make room. Because if we make room, God will use us. 
I love this quote by Campbell Morgan. He says, we cannot organize revival, but we can set our sails to catch the wind from heaven when God chooses to blow upon his people once again. And my prayer for faith promises when God blows, we'd hear it, we'd follow it, and we'd go with it. Do you want a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit? Listen, you can't be filled if you're already full. Are there some passions, priorities, purposes, ports holding you back from believing and walking the calling that God has put on your life? Do you want to walk with purpose? If you want to walk with purpose, then you can't be filled if you're already full. The cargo of your calling, what's in your hold, what you're holding on to, the cargo of your calling matters. We see Paul talk about this in verses 15 and 16. He says, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow in every respect to be a mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. We will grow together. From him, the whole body is joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each one does its work. And we're going to talk about unity here in a second. We're going to talk about how we need to be held together. But can I just highlight that last part as each does its work. Listen, we have work to do. We have work. You have work to do. Listen to this. I love this quote by A.W. Tozer, a man that begged God and begged God to see revival. And I think he pinpoints our situation with just precision. He says, have you noticed how much praying for revival has been going on as, as of late and how much little revival has resulted? All these posts about prayer and all these posts about, I wish somebody would do something and all these posts, but let's follow it up with this right here. A.W. Tozer says, I believe the problem is that we have been trying to substitute praying for obeying and that simply will not work. Make your post. But can I ask you also to care about people? Can I ask you to share your faith? Can I ask you to ask somebody, a stranger, can you pray for them? Let's, let's be obedient and not just pray but obey. And one of the ways we're going to do that this weekend is we are going to take a cargo inventory. We are going to look at the manifest of the ship of our life. In verse 17, Paul says this, so I tell you this and insist on it. He insists on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, being uh, to, in the futility of their thinking. Now, in this verse, when he referenced a Gentile, that's somebody who's separated from God. It's not, it's not a people group like a Jew or a Gentile. When he says Gentile in this context, he's talking about somebody who doesn't believe in God. And he says, do not think like the Gentiles, he's talking to believers. He says, once you've given your life to Christ, you should think, look, and act differently. So let me ask you, are you overloaded with an armload, a workload, a boatload of things to do, places to go, and things to be? Let me ask you, when you gave your life to Christ, did your thinking change? Did the cargo, did your calling, did what mattered to you change? Because that's the Holy Spirit's work in our life. In, in, this, in this passage in Ephesians 4, Paul actually describes what bad cargo looks like. He describes what it look, looks like to think like a Gentile. He says they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God. I pray that's not us. Because the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Pastors have been telling us in this series, if we don't listen to the Holy Spirit, we will become hard in our hearts. We will get a callous and we won't hear God's calling. 
It says in verse 19, uh, having lost all sensitivity, let me ask you, are you sensitive? Are you sensitive to what God's calling you to do, who he's calling you to be? After church last night, I was, I was speeding home in full transparency. I had some Chipotle before service, and uh, it was time. <laughs> it, I was in a bad place, okay? Sometimes the hot sauce, either way, I was in a bad spot. I need to, get, I need to be home, okay? I need to get home. So I leave church, I'm flying home, and then I'm going down uh, Peladega, you know, Pellissippi, flying down, and I see this guy on the other side of the road walking back the other way uh, with a gas can in his hand. Go, you know, a couple hundred, maybe a mile down the road, then I see the van with the hazard lights on the side of the road. I don't know if you've realized that this, but it is hot as Hades lately, and I knew that I knew I was supposed to turn around Take Dutchtown, turn around, and go back and get them. Guys, I'm in a bad place. I'm caught. I'm in a bad place. I'm sweating. I'm in a bad spot. But I went and got them. I went and picked up Logan. I found a way to ask Logan if he knew Jesus. Logan did know Jesus, but Logan's dad had also died in a car accident in March. Hey, Logan, how you doing with that? Hello, Zach, I'm... I'm autistic. I, I, I don't really know how to process emotions. Hey, man, I, I love you. Jesus loves you, cares about you. He's got a purpose for you. He may not want to hear it, but I had the AC, so he had to. <laughs> I don't want to lose my sensitivity to who God's called me to be. I don't want to lose my sensitivity. What matters to you when you're walking through the day? What matters? What do you sense? Because you're sensitive towards something. I see y'all post. You're sensitive. You're sensitive, but what are you sensitive towards? They says this, they have given themselves over to sensuality as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. Now, right there, Paul references impurity and greed, um, and, and it's not that those two sins are worse, but what he's pointing at here is, hey, are, are you in love with you? Are you in love with what you want? Because, hey, listen, when it comes to revival, the enemy doesn't want you to hate God. He just wants you to love the world. Loving the world is plenty enough to wreck the revival that he has for your life and the people's lives around you. So we need to unload what's in our hold. I do. You do. This is a daily thing. Some of the evergreen, or sorry, the ever given, some of that cargo, it went bad. It was fruits and vegetables. It went bad and it needed to be tossed overboard. One of my deepest prayers for this service is that you would be able to walk into the hold of your life and go, that's bad. That's bad. I get in my wife's car sometime with her nasty kids, and I'll go, mm, that's bad. That's not of the Lord. It's my hope that when you wake up in the morning, it's not your phone that you see first. I pray when you see that post, when you see that person, whenever instead of looking at them, you can look inside and go, that's not the cargo of my calling. The last thing that our world needs is more people with death rotting inside them. And they need more believers with life flowing out of them to people around them. Amen, faith promise? That's who we're called to be. So what's some stuff in our life that needs to go? He goes on in verses, verse 20 and he says, That, however, is not the way of life that you learned when you heard about Christ. 
and you were taught in accordance with him the truth that is in Christ Jesus. Listen to this. You were taught with regard to the former way of life to put off the old self, which is being corrupted by evil desires. Daily you need to take it off. Daily you need to offload the flesh that's wanting to grow and rot the life that's God put inside you. And it says this, to be made new in the attitude of your mind. That's where it starts. And to put on the new self, the new calling, the new purpose that God's given you. Created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. You are created to be and to live like God. Not the person to be worshipped, but as you worship him, you will look more like him. That means that no deceitful desires, no that the deceitful desires, old death doesn't have any port or place in our hearts or in our lives. Just, just, just think about drift, not drifting through life, but going through life with ports with purpose, where we love God, where we love people, where we pursue purpose, where we win the world, where we live, work, study, shop, and play, where we see real people with real problems find God's love in relationship with us. Because we have a relationship with Jesus. Listen, this happens in groups. I'm telling you, this happens in groups. I've been in groups since, before I can remember, since I was an FP student, I've been in groups. And can I just tell you, in my life, group is where bad cargo is offloaded and good cargo is loaded. That's where people remind me of my calling and spur me to be who God's called me to be. And can I also tell you this? People are a part of your calling. If your ports do not involve other people, you're not honoring God. Maybe you're sitting here thinking, Zach, how do I know if I'm going where God has called me to go? If you say that there's not anybody in your life being affected by the kingdom or for the kingdom in your life, then I can tell you that you're not honoring God with your life. God has called you not just to love and pursue him, but to love and pursue his kids that are far from him. Speaking of God and how we address him, can we just, this, is, this one's hard, but it has to be said. If you want to live a life of that calling and that purpose, we have to keep the captain in his chair. The skipper of our souls is the Holy Spirit role. The, the one calling the shots, the one saying what matters most, the one who gets to make the final decision, it's not us, it's the Holy Spirit. That's why it says this in verse 30. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed to the day of redemption. And can I speak against the lie that the enemies whisper in your ear? Because right there it says you were sealed to the day of redemption. Hey, hey, listen to this. If God sealed you, do you think that you have the power to pull that seal off? You don't. Just because a lot of mankind don't take their relational promises and vows seriously doesn't mean that our God doesn't. Because believe you me, he does. And you and I have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. And it doesn't matter where we've gone or what we've done or who we've been. Your sealing is in Jesus. In what he's done in your life. Paul does a great job to wrap this, this chapter up in verses 31 and 32. To say the things we need to offload and the things we need to upload into our life. Paul says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger brawling and slander and every form of malice. Do you know what all those things cause? They all cause division. First, they cause division between us and God, and then they cause division between us and people. That's the enemy's plan. And to get us, instead of looking at God, to look at each other and say, this is why I don't want to be around you. 
But he says what to upload. He says, be kind, be compassionate to one another, forgiving each other as Christ has forgiven you. All of those things bring unity between us and God and us and others. And it doesn't say to be compassionate. It doesn't say to be forgiving or joyful if the circumstances make a way. Because Jesus' situation that he put us in of salvation, it trumps our circumstances. Amen? That's who God, amen. You can give God some praise if you want. I, I know it's hard. But hey, you've been given a supernatural love which calls us to love others supernaturally. And I believe that this moment, we're about to pray, and I believe that this moment is a supernatural moment to offload cargo and for you to get going towards the purpose of your life. On March 29th, March 29th, something amazing happened. In that shallow canal next to Egypt, the Suez Canal, the Ever Given actually floated free. And it was a coordinated effort of precision and these tugboats and all this stuff. But there was one thing involved that maybe you didn't know about. I didn't know about it until I studied for this message. There was something called the king tide of the supermoon that was happening. It only happens three or four times a year. And it's whenever the, the sun and the moon and the earth all line up to create almost like supernaturally high tides. And I believe there's an alignment right now of God's presence, of this content, and you being here. That is a supernatural alignment for you to offload some cargo and for you to believe what God says about your purpose, your calling, and for you to see revival in your life. It doesn't matter what your mom, your dad, your teacher, your, your ex said about you. It matters what God says about you. And so I'm going to pray and I just beg God that we would walk in that identity. God, we come before you right now and I just pray that everybody, all of our campuses and at home that are hearing this, God, we, we know you've highlighted cargo in our life of selfishness, of impurity, of addiction, of bitterness, of unforgiveness, of these different things, God. And I pray that we would choose right now to offload that. I pray we would choose right now to, be, uh, to pursue our calling, to pursue our purpose, to be who you've called us to be. God, please push us towards our calling. Please let us live in who you've called us to be. Please, God, our world is desperate. Let us be sensitive. Let us be brokenhearted. Let us make what matters most to us the fact that you have called us sons and daughters and allowed us to join you in this one hope for the world that is belief in Jesus Christ. God, we love you. And we're expectant for us to use us in a mighty way. In your precious name we pray. Amen. As we invite campus pastors up, can we give guys a shout of praise for freedom? Come on, church.